Hello everyone, Joey here, and the big news story of the week is that Fortnite has been banned on both the Apple App Store and Google Play. Microsoft unveils its first Android phone. Say what? A court rules that Uber and Lyft have to reclassify their contractors as employees in California. Details of the RTX 3090 GPU have been leaked. The Xbox Series X won't have Halo Infinite as a launch title. And SpaceX is planning a spaceport resort in Texas. All this and more because it's time for the news and commentary on Joey's Totally Tech. Welcome everyone, this is the August 17th, 2020 edition of the news and commentary on Joey's Totally Tech. Apple App Store and Google Play have banned Fortnite. The popular game was removed first from Apple's App Store after Epic Games implemented their own in-app payment system, which bypassed Apple's standard 30% fee. Epic responded by launching an antitrust lawsuit, seeking to establish the App Store as a monopoly. They also posted a protest video. Apple plans to work with Epic to resolve the issue, but has no intentions of creating a special arrangement with the company. Google has removed Fortnite from their Play Store for the same reasons. Users who have downloaded the app can continue to use it and can access Epic's in-app payment system. Epic will need to have the game reinstated in the App Store before pushing any substantial updates. Of course, Epic Games made an APK package available for Android before even being in Google's Play Store. And you can still download Fortnite as an APK and sideload it on Android devices. I kind of understand Epic Games here. I mean, I really don't agree with Apple's uh, requirement for the in-app purchases like that. For them to be taking 30%. And Google is just in the wrong too for doing this, in my opinion. They are both guilty of monopolistic practices, in my opinion, and this really isn't good on either platform. At least with Android, you have unofficial ways easily to install applications to your Android device. Apple, you'd have to jailbreak their iPhones and iPads first, and that could be a pain Last I looked, it required you to have a Mac computer to do that. And I know I don't have a Mac currently. A lot of you people don't. On top of that, while Google is technically okay and does allow you to sideload apps, Apple is not cool with you jailbreaking their devices. They've taken a lot of legal action as much as they can to get people to stop jailbreaking it. People are going to do it anyway. Don't get me wrong. But uh, Apple really doesn't want you to do that. 
Whereas Google, they're okay with you doing that, but you have to understand the risk of sideloading apps that are not from the Google Play Store. Google even lets you root the device. They don't care. So Google does allow you more freedom than what Apple does. But I still feel like both companies are practicing very monopolistic activities here and banning Fortnite, which is going to be a big game for either platform, just isn't right for them to do, in my opinion. Apple One is launching in October. Apple One, a competitor to Amazon Prime, is Apple's all-in-one subscription bundle, which will launch alongside the company's new 2020 lineup of iPhones in October. It will be part of iOS 14, though it's not available in the iOS 14 beta. There will be multiple tiers. There will be a new workout video subscription service landing in the highest tier, and these bundles will be geared towards families and will integrate with existing family sharing features. Android is now the world's largest earthquake detection network. Interesting how we had an earthquake this week, the epicenter being in Sparta, North Carolina. Now, Android's earthquake alert system, a detection network using Google Play Android phones, can use your phone's accelerometers, which are sensitive enough to detect P waves, the less damaging initial wave that comes from an earthquake. When Android phones detect what could be an earthquake, they send a signal to Google's earthquake detection center along with a general location. The server will collaborate the information to detect earthquakes as they happen. This system can notify people of earthquakes up to one minute before the damaging S-wave of an earthquake arrives. It will be distributed through Google Play services for every Android device running 5.0 and up. Users can toggle the feature through the Google Location Services switch in the settings. I mean, this is a cool feature to have on your phone, but I'm wondering if Google is going to be replacing USGS at some point, if that whole thing is going to be privatized. Currently, the United States Geological Survey is run by the government and is responsible for reporting earthquakes. So under the current conservative leadership that the nation has right now, it's possible that this could at some point be privatized and Google would be at the helm of earthquake detection. Google Lens announces homework filter and solves math problems with a photo. Google Lens is integrating a feature from Socratic, which enables the app to solve equations from a picture. This app will return a step-by-step -step guide with explanations for how to solve the problem. There's no announcement date for when this will go live in Lens, but it is already available in Socratic. Google added 3D models to search in May of this year, allowing users to see anatomy models and cellular structures 
in augments and reality. The feature now has almost 100 STEM-related 3D objects available. This sounds like a pretty cool feature, but will this allow kids to cheat on math tests in school? That's my question. Amazon is considering mall space for fulfillment centers. Amazon and Simon Property Group have been in discussions about converting the group's mall spaces into fulfillment centers. These talks started before the pandemic since the brick-and-mortar retail market was already being affected by e-commerce. Lord & Taylor, JCPenney, and Neiman Marcus, all big mall store names, recently filed for bankruptcy. Simon looks to fill their spaces as mall tenants are unable to continue operating, and having fulfillment center warehouses closer to residential areas would help Amazon's delivery times, but it's currently unclear how the agreement will work. Microsoft reveals an Android phone? Oh, it's $1,400. The Surface Duo is available for pre-order and ships on September 10th. The dual-screen phone will be sold, unlocked for $1,399. AT&T will also stock the device. It has two 5.6-inch OLED panels, a Snapdragon 855 processor, 6 gigabytes of RAM, and you have a choice of either 128 or 256 gigabytes of storage. It also has a 3,577 mAh battery, one 11-megapixel camera, and a single speaker, a USB-C port, and support for the Surface Pen input. But I kind of feel like this phone is a bit underpowered for the price, and it only has one camera. I'm not sure about that one at $1,400. Is your phone battery dying? Maybe your phone can crawl to a wireless charging pad. Research from the BioRobots Laboratory at Seoul National University have created a smartphone case with robotic legs. It adds 16 millimeters to one end of the phone, and retractable legs will carry a weight of up to 300 grams. For now, the case is only able to walk in one direction, but the design can be improved to include sensors and other modifications. A California court rules Amazon can be liable for defective goods sold in its marketplace. It will be harder for Amazon to skirt responsibility for unsafe products sold on the platform. On Thursday, California's 4th District Court of Appeals ruled that Amazon can be held liable for damages caused by a replacement laptop battery, which caught fire and gave a woman third-degree burns. Angela Boger alleges she bought the laptop battery from a third-party seller, Linoge Technology HK Limited, on Amazon's marketplace. Amazon has successfully fought off lawsuits for years that tried to place liability on the company for faulty products, which cause injury or property damage, sold through its site. An Amazon spokesperson gave a statement on Friday, quote, 
the court's decision was wrongly decided and is contrary to well-established law in California and around the country that service providers are not liable for third-party products they do not make or sell. We will appeal this decision, end quote. Amazon's marketplace host of the third-party sellers accounts for 60% of Amazon's e-commerce sales. The marketplace has helped bring in record revenue, but also has proven to host counterfeit, unsafe, and expired goods. The company claims to invest hundreds of millions of dollars per year to ensure products sold are safe and compliant. The court has also said Amazon can't be shielded from liability through Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, a law from the 1990s which protects online platforms from being held responsible for content their users post on their sites. So I kind of think Amazon should be held responsible for a lot of this. I know uh, working in a particular retail store that I work at, our retail store will take items off the shelf that have been recalled. We remove items from the grocery section that are expired, etc. You know, it's a huge safety issue, and Amazon should be held to the same standard. They're uh, one of the biggest e-commerce retailers out there, yet they're trying to put the blame on the third-party sellers. Now, I get the third-party sellers need to be responsible too, but Amazon needs to do more to uh, protect the customers and keep everyone safe. I mean, Amazon is competing with the likes of Target and Walmart, so you would hope that they would be held to the same standard that Target and Walmart are held to, right? Twitter is now interested in buying TikTok's U.S. operations. Microsoft isn't the only company bidding for the brand as Twitter is now expressing interest. Both companies have 45 days to negotiate and complete a deal before the president's executive order takes effect and TikTok is banned from the U.S. Twitter will need to raise additional capital to fund this deal, however, and it might not have enough borrowing capacity. However, investors may prefer Twitter over Microsoft, since Twitter is not active in China and would face less regulatory scrutiny than Microsoft. I think Twitter, honestly, would be a much better company to buy a brand such as TikTok. Microsoft, I don't know. Microsoft has had issues with uh, privacy in the past, and I think a lot of people are still concerned about Microsoft's privacy issues, particularly with Windows 10, even to this day. I don't think that's changed at all since Windows 10 first came out. So I think Twitter is the better option, especially since they don't have any business in China. 
Uber and Lyft have been ordered by a California judge to classify or reclassify rather drivers as employees. The companies must classify their drivers as employees unless their emergency appeal to block the rolling is successful. The two companies have been under pressure for months to reclassify their workers as employees. A law which was signed last September gives a test for determining if someone is a contractor or an employee. But the companies deny that drivers are central to their ride-hailing businesses. Reclassifying the workers to employees will mean that they will receive traditional benefits, such as minimum wage, health insurance, and workers' compensation. The companies claim that the rolling will result in fewer jobs and that a vast majority of drivers want to remain independent workers. Uber CEO, and I'm probably going to butcher this name, Dara Korsawashihi, has said that the company will likely shut down in California temporarily if the ruling is not overturned. He is advocating for an alternate solution to the law, which would have gig companies paying into a fund, which provides workers paid time off and health care benefits. If the appeal is not successful, the company will likely pause operations in California and then resume later in a more limited capacity. The service will likely shut down until November when voters decide on a law that would exempt drivers for app-based transportation and delivery companies from being considered employees. But the CEO said pausing the service will have negative impacts on drivers' livelihoods in the state in a time that is already difficult. I kind of get both sides of this argument, at least as someone who's been a contractor before, and I really understand uh, on one hand, it's great to be an independent contractor. It gives you a lot of freedom, etc. However, in many cases, it's shown that a lot of these drivers and a lot of these gig workers are being paid less than minimum wage. And minimum wage in many states, as it stands, is well below a livable wage. And I honestly think it's going to be in the driver's best interest to actually be an employee rather than a contractor. Unfortunately, it might mean that some of these uh, contractors will lose their jobs as a result I hope not, but the ones that will be there will have much better pay, much better benefits, etc. The thing is, as a contractor, you can work for whatever rate you want or whatever rate you agree upon with the company. And and with a company like Uber or Lyft, I think you pretty much have to agree with their rates. You can't just set your own rate. I don't believe. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Get the tech line a call. That's 980-999-0835 or 980-999-0TEK. Let me know that I'm wrong. 
Give me a reason why I'm wrong. I would love to hear from you and your perspective. And we will be right back after this message. Do you like the music and sound effects we're using on the Joey's Totally Tech podcast? Well, we get the licensing for this music through Epidemic Sound. If you're a content creator creating video on YouTube or other social media platforms, or a fellow podcaster, visit bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic. That's bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic. And you can sign up for a subscription for as little as $15 per month. They have a wide variety of genres of music, as well as sound effects you can incorporate into your content. You don't have to pay royalties, you just pay the monthly subscription fee. Or you can also buy lifetime licenses to particular tunes and effects too. So if you want to use some fresh music and help support this podcast too, check out bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic and sign up for Epidemic Sound today. Early March 2020, Joey Cagle showed up in the podcasting scene with his podcast, Joey's Totally Tech. He went on to talk about cryptocurrency, unions and tech, programming languages to learn in the current epidemic, and more. That was Season 1, and in Season 2, we up the game. I'm Joey Cagle, and in Season 2 of Joey's Totally Tech, we will have more product reviews and bring in guests to the podcast. We'll take your calls on the tech line at 980-999-0835. That's 980-999-0TEK. As well as the Joey's Totally Tech community at joeystotallytech.com slash community. So feel free to ask your tech questions on either of those. On the podcast, we'll be talking about Linux terminal applications, the upcoming gaming consoles, PC games, tech careers, and more. New episodes are released publicly starting September 14th. Listen at joeystotallytech.com or get an early preview by subscribing to the Joey's Totally Tech exclusives at joeystotallytech.com slash exclusive. And I will catch you next time.
listen on joeystotallytech.com or your favorite podcasting app. Hello everyone, welcome back to the news and commentary on Joey's Totally Tech. Mozilla is laying off 250 people and planning a new focus on making money. The company that makes the Firefox web browser is laying off a quarter of its workforce and plans on refocusing its teams on more profitable projects, as the plans it had pre-pandemic are no longer workable. The company makes money through companies paying to make their search engines default, royalties, subscriptions, and advertising. The revenue has been significantly impacted by the pandemic. Mozilla now plans to focus on its VPN service, VR chat room, and security and privacy tools. They plan on reducing investments in certain areas, such as building out developer tools. Airbnb planning to file for IPO this month. The company is planning to submit a confidential filing with the SEC to go public with shares trading by the end of the year. Plans to go public have been delayed due to the pandemic. They laid off a quarter of their employees to cut cost. The company's 2020 revenue will be less than half of its 2019 earnings. Valuation has dropped from $31 billion in 2017 to $18 billion. The company raised $2 billion since April to get through the crisis. Details about the RTX 3090 have been leaked. Memory specialist Micron leaked the data in a PDF, and it was spotted by video cards. In the tech brief, Micron lets the cat out of the bag with this paragraph. Quote, in summer of 2020, Micron announced the next evolution of Ultra Bandwidth Solutions in GDDR6X. Working closely with NVIDIA, On their Ampere generation of graphics cards, Micron's 8GB GDDR6X will deliver up to 21 gigabits per second data rate per pin in 2020. At 21 gigabits per second, a graphics card with 12 pieces of GDDR6X will be able to break the 1 terabit per second of system bandwidth barrier. Micron's roadmap also highlights the potential of a 16GB GDDR6X in 2021 with the ability to reach up to 24 gigabits per second. The GDDR6X is powered by a revolutionary new PAM4 modulation technology for ultra-bandwidth solutions. PAM4 has the potential to drive even more improvements and data rate, end quote. The 3090 will come with 12 gigabytes of GDDR6X memory on a 384-bit interface. The memory will provide bandwidth of up to one terabyte per second. 
The Xbox Series X launches in November, but without Halo Infinite. Microsoft plans on releasing the new console in November, possibly November 6, according to The Verge. Halo Infinite, however, has been delayed until 2021. This follows fans expressing concern about the game's visuals in a July gameplay demo. Halo Infinite, which will also be coming out for PC, is supposed to have bigger and more visually intense battles than any previous Halo game. The first Halo was released back in 2001 with the launch of the original Xbox. Even with the delay of Halo Infinite, Microsoft says there will be, quote, thousands of games to play spanning four generations when Xbox Series X launches globally this November, end quote. And they also said there would be, quote, over 100 optimized for the Xbox Series X titles built to take full advantage of our most powerful console, end quote, coming this year. Get hologram calls, because Zoom calls suck. Portal, that's P-O-R-T-L, Incorporated, based in Los Angeles, has created a phone booth-sized device that allows people to talk in real time with a life-size hologram of another person. Beyond talking with friends, it can also be used to interact with recorded holograms of historical figures or relatives who have passed away. The booth stands at 7 feet tall, 5 feet wide, and 2 feet deep. It plugs into a standard wall outlet and starts at $60,000. CEO of Portal, David Nussbaum, calls this technology holoportation. He added, quote, We say if you can't be there, you can beam there, end quote. And, quote, We are able to connect military families that haven't seen each other in months. People from opposite coast, end quote. And, of course, those of us who are social distancing. So that's definitely a bit of Star Wars as well as Marvel technology that we can have now if you have the money. Xiaomi has unveiled a see-through TV. Xiaomi's Mi TV Lux OLED Transparent Edition looks like a piece of glass when it's turned off. It's a 55-inch TV and cost 49,999 yuan, or currently $7,193.79 here in the United States, and goes on sale in China August 16th. Well, that's yesterday if you're listening when this news and commentary episode is released. But it's unlikely this TV will be sold outside of Asia. Hyperion's Hydrogen Electric XP1 Supercar could go 220 miles per hour. The company revealed their XP1 Hydrogen Electric Supercar at the New York Auto Show. 300 vehicles will be released in early 2022. It uses a proton exchange membrane fuel cell power module rather than a lithium-ion battery. It has air blades on the sides that work as both aerodynamic structures as well as solar panels. The company promises over 1,000 miles per recharge, 
with the refueling process taking less than five minutes. Zen Boats wants to become the Tesla of the sea. The Seattle-based startup is creating electric speedboats that can go hundreds of miles or more. They recharge using an ordinary wall plug. They require virtually no maintenance and can reach speeds of over 30 knots, with tests going up to 55 knots. The boats were designed around the battery from scratch using high-performance fluid dynamics software and scale models to work out the shape of the hull. The boats weighed around 1,750 pounds and are made almost completely of carbon fiber. They will cost around $250,000, but there will be a more practical model designed costing around $175,000. Roads are being built specifically for autonomous cars. Sidewalk Infrastructure Partners launched a subsidiary called CanView to develop roadways for connected and autonomous vehicles. CanView plans to work with major car manufacturers and tech startups on standards to develop the physical and digital infrastructure required to move the vehicles out of pilot projects and into the real world. A 40-mile corridor between downtown Detroit and Ann Arbor, Michigan, will be developed for autonomous vehicles. This will include 12 opportunity zones where communities and small businesses will be able to connect to hubs in the region. Belarus is trying to block parts of the internet during historic protest. Thousands protested in Belarus last weekend over the results of their presidential election. Alexander Lukashenko, the incumbent president, won 80% of the vote, extending his 26-year-long rule. The government authorities responded to protesters with rubber bullets, stun grenades, and a partial internet shutdown. Twitter had detected blocking and throttling. Access Now reported dozens of websites had been blocked, including VPN services. New AI could fool humans into believing synthesized sound effects are real. Autofoley is an AI that synthesizes background sound effects based on a scene. It analyzes the movement in video frames and creates artificial sound effects to match the scene. A study shows a majority of people who viewed the clips generated with Autofoley believed the fake sound effects were real. Scientists may be able to help you learn other languages. Learning other languages can be a challenge even after years of exposure. In animal studies, vagus nerve simulations have been shown to prime adult sensory perceptual systems and make them more plastic. Researchers have created a device which stimulates a person's transatenaceous vagus nerve through painless electric pulses. The device has been shown to increase the ability to learn Mandarin tones in English-speaking adults. Of course, more studies are needed, but the researchers hope that a product will be available within the next two to five years. 
dwarf planet Ceres is an ocean world with seawater beneath its surface. Ceres was long believed to be a barren space rock, but they've found there's actually an ocean beneath its surface. The discovery was made after scientists from the U.S. and Europe analyzed images that were relayed from the NASA Dawn spacecraft. Hydrohalite, which is common in sea ice, was found on the surface of the dwarf planet, and it's likely there is ongoing water activity on the dwarf planet. And finally, SpaceX is planning a spaceport resort in Texas, according to a new job ad. The company has posted a job for a resort development manager, which will be based out of Brownsville, near the Boca Chica Test and Development Site. They're looking to turn Boca Chica into a 21st century spaceport. Elon Musk has revealed plans to build floating spaceports for both interstellar and point-to-point Earth travel. SpaceX plans to offer orbital return flights to paying customers using Space Dragon, which is in final stages of human flight certification. SpaceX could be offering private trips as early as next year. And this has been the news and commentary on Joey's Totally Tech. Thank you for listening, and I will catch you next time.